Welcome to episode 192 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Well, hello, Ian Anderson Gray here. Today, we're talking about how you can build your studio. We tend to overcomplicate these things, don't we? We tend to think, well, you know, maybe I need this, 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 and this. And actually, it's not that complicated. I'm going to be talking to you about how you can create a studio for podcasting, for video, and for live video. Let's do it right now. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content Content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, hello, hello. Today, we're talking about how you can build your live video studio. You know, is it time to upgrade your setup? But like, where do you start? What do you actually need? How can you build your studio without breaking the bank? Well, that's what this episode is all about today. So the first thing I want to talk about is like, what do you actually need in your studio. And I think the first question you need to ask yourself, well, what what is this for? Is this to record pre-recorded video? Is it just for podcasting? Is it for live video? Or is it for all of those things? And I think for more and more of us, it is a combination. We want to have a versatile studio that allows you to uh, podcast, uh, do Zoom calls, uh, professional uh, or uh, podcasting, live video, all that kind of stuff. And so I think we want to have a versatile studio, uh, but we also don't want to necessarily spend like a huge amount of money. I'm a big believer in bootstrapping your live video studio over time and starting with the the component parts that are really important. Call this like a modular studio. So starting off with the important stuff and then over time you can all add all the bells and whistles. So as well as the grammar detective watching from Canada, we've got Katie Simpson, Uh, who is here. Great to see you, Katie, saying that's what we all need. Build your own studio without breaking the bank. And so, yeah, uh, it's all about like working out what you need because you don't necessarily need to go for the high-end stuff. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about my computer in a bit. And it's, you know, I don't have like a mega, mega expensive computer, for example, and it does most of what what I need to do. Does that stop me from looking at uh, uh, upgrading and, and looking at all the other stuff? No, of course it doesn't, because we're you know a lot of us have shiny shiny new tool syndrome. But I think if you're going to do this economically, then you need to think about well, what is it that you actually need? So so that's the first thing. Work out what your studio is going to be for, and I think for most of us, we want it to be multi-purpose uh, as well. Now, at the center of, of your setup is your computer. And so that's the, the, the main thing we're going to talk about first. Now, Grammar Detective is saying, I have a decent setup, but curious about Stream Deck. So we're going to talk about Stream Deck in, in a bit. Uh, I'd love to know a little bit more about your setup. So if you're watching live, watching the replay, or in fact, listening to the podcast, let me know in the comments or email me, uh, contact me. That would be cool. So the first thing is your computer. Now, this, of course, inevitably brings us into the Mac versus PC debate. And I don't really want to get into that uh, particularly because, you know, they have their pros and cons. And in some ways, PCs 
uh, for high-end video work and live video work makes sense. They're cheaper, bang for buck, if you know what I mean. Um, but I think for creatives like me, and particularly if you're wanting to use software like Ecamm Live, which is Mac only, I would go for a Mac. And the, the Mac that I have is under £1,000, $1,000. It is the M1 Mac Mini. Do I need to have a MacBook Pro for this? No, not really, because for where I am, this is a, I, I can be static. I don't need to move around. Uh, so the M1 Mac Mini is fantastic. I would ideally go for the one with 16 gigs of RAM, but it just flies by. I, I'm, I'm doing so many different things here. I'm doing, uh, I'm multi-streaming. I'm uh, doing the ISO video recording. So it's recording me and... Uh, actually, I don't have any other cameras at the moment, but I've done it where it's recording other cameras and my guests all at the same time, and I'm sharing my screen. And really, everything that I flung at it, it's been absolutely fine. Uh, Grammar Detective says, I use a Mac Mini. So yeah, it's they are amazing, aren't they, uh, for, for what you need to do. Uh, particularly, I think the, the Apple Silicon, the M1s, are really where it's at. Now, sometimes when I'm doing some video editing, it can, I would like it to be a bit faster, um, but I mean, really for what I need is absolutely fine. Do I want to upgrade to an M1, um, max or ultra studio at some point? Yeah, but I don't need that really. This, you know, the M1, if you're wanting to, um, if you're wanting like a really robust, powerful machine that doesn't break the bank, uh, then the M1 Mac mini is what I'd re recommend that you go for. So the next thing the next most important thing, I've, I'm not going to talk about internet. Obviously, your internet speeds for live video are really important. But that is something that's quite tricky to do much about um, because like your internet, unless you change provider, which is not always possible, is is a bit of a tricky one. So uh, we'll, we'll put that to one side. Let's talk about microphones. And here is a bit more of a tricky one. I, I think that microphones, I've talked about this a lot on the show. In fact, when Jeff C was on the show, he mentioned that the audio is the first thing that you need to upgrade. And I agree because if people can't hear you, it, they're going to switch off. If they, if you've got really good audio, it just makes it a much more pleasurable experience to watch and listen to your show. Um, and so I think spending a little bit more money on the microphone makes a lot of sense. But the thing is, we, we have to be a little bit geeky here, a bit techy, and talk about... Um, the different types of microphones and particularly the connections for it. Now, uh, I've talked about the different types of microphones a lot on the show. I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail now, but just very briefly, the type of microphone I'm using today is a dynamic microphone. That means that I need to get pretty close to it to get the best sound. Otherwise, I'm going to sound a little bit echoey, a uh, bit in the distance. And so uh, dynamic microphones have to be in shot. And that is not going to be everyone's cup of tea for video work. This is perfect for podcasting. So a dynamic microphone is an absolute must if you are a podcaster. If you are into video, if you're doing live video or recorded video, then you've got a couple of options. Uh, you either have two types of microphone. You have a dynamic microphone for your podcasting and you have a different type of microphone for your, uh, for your video work. Um, that is if you don't want the uh, you don't want the microphone on sh in shot. For me, I don't mind it being in shot. I actually quite like it being in shot, and so it's absolutely fine for me. 
The other types of microphone, you can get a condenser microphone, which can be further away from you. You can get a shotgun microphone as well, which can be is just pointing uh, just behind the camera towards you. And that is going to be my setup, actually. I'm going to use my dynamic microphone for most of what I do, but some uh, videos where I don't want this to be in shot, I'm going to have a shotgun microphone as well. So I personally would go for a slightly better quality dynamic microphone. And if you really want to um, have the microphone out of shot uh, for your video, then go for either a lapel microphone or a, a, a shotgun microphone and think about it that way. And then you can toggle between the two. That is a bit more money. Okay, that brings me on to, particularly with the dynamic microphones, the different types of connections. Because some of the higher end microphones, like the one I'm using, this is the Heil PR40, is XLR only. Now, you might not necessarily know what that means, but basically I can't plug that directly into my computer. I need uh, a soundboard uh, or a digital sound interface or a mixer, whatever you want to call it. I need something to uh, translate the audio signals of the microphone into digital signals that my computer can use. And so um, that's the only thing when you look at something like the Heil PR40, which is the microphone that I tend to recommend to people. It's just a beautiful microphone. Uh, when Jeff was on the show, he was mentioning the Shure microphones. And some of the Shure microphones have both. They have XLR and USB. And so with a USB microphone, you can plug it directly into your computer. You can bypass uh, the uh, the audio interfaces and the mixers and all that kind of stuff. But if you have a little bit more budget, I would personally recommend something like the Heil PR40 uh, and something like the Scarlett, uh, the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 or Scarlett or Solo. Yeah, the Solo or the 2i2. That's just a, a little digital interface, sound interface that you plug your XLR into and, it, and then you plug that into your computer. And if you've got the budget, it's probably overkill, but the, the Rodecaster Pro, I'm pointing over here even though you can't see it, but the Rodecaster Pro, although it is probably overkill for most people, the thing I love about it is the, of the audio processing in it. So if you want to make your voice sound better, you want to remove any background noise, like fan noise, and you want to just do all that kind of stuff, then that's the one I would recommend. So you've got a couple of choices there. You can go for a dynamic microphone all the time, like I have. If it's a USB, then you can plug it directly in and then later on upgrade uh, to to putting a like a Rodecaster Pro in the mix there. Uh, or you can have um, a, a shotgun microphone or a lapel microphone. Now, a Grammar Detective is saying, I use a Boyer lapel mic, B-O-Y-A. Uh, the one I've used, I wonder if it's the same one, it's the BYM1, uh, because in my live stream, I must be able to stand and walk around at my whiteboard. That's a really important point and, and something that uh, I should have mentioned. For, for my show, I'm, I'm just static, I'm just here. Um, but if you want to have, if you're wanting to walk around, and in your case, you're in front of a whiteboard, you need to be able to have that flexibility. And even in your case, like um, a dynamic microphone wouldn't work. Uh, a shotgun microphone wouldn't really work because you're moving around. And so a lapel mic is probably, I mean, a condenser microphone would be okay, but it would pick up a lot of background noise. So I think in your situation, uh, a lapel mic make, makes 
that makes the most sense. And actually, it is a condenser microphone. Um, so yeah, do, is that the BYM one? Is that what the one that you use? And do how do you plug it in? Do you plug it directly into your computer, or is it a different one? I'm just really interested because uh, that's something to think about. And of course, the other option, which is particularly useful if you're like a, a fitness person uh, or a, you don't want to be constricted by a, a wire, a cable, then you might want to think about uh, a wireless lapel mic as well. And so uh, the ones from Rode are really good here. The, the Rode Wireless Go microphones are fantastic. Um, so that's something to think about. Okay, I think we've probably talked about microphone and audio. Uh, we've talked about mixers and soundboards as well. But Take it from me, I think that the audio quality is is really, really important for everything that you do. Okay, the next thing that you need to think about are the visuals. And, and this is really coming down to cameras. So you've spent the money on, hopefully, on your on a reasonably good computer, like the M1 Mac Mini. Uh, you've spent the money on a microphone. The next thing is the the visuals and the, and the, the camera. And I think with this... It really, again, depends on your budget. Uh, there are probably the 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 lower end webcams like the, this is a quite an old one now, but the Logitech C920 will cost you hopefully just under a hundred bucks, a hundred pounds. Um, but if you can spend a bit more money, go for something like the Elgato uh, face cam. That's the one that I would uh, recommend. It is uh, a little bit more expensive. We're looking at uh, more like 200 um, but although it's not like 4K or anything, it's uh, a really good quality for a webcam. But a really cool thing uh, that you can do, of course, is use your phone. You can use your phone now, and you've, your phone is likely to have really good quality cameras on it. So I actually use my phone for my downward-facing camera, and uh, the the latest Mac operating system can actually convert your iPhone into uh, just a camera, a web, like a standard webcam. So that's something you could think about doing as well. So the app that I use is called Camo, that's C-A-M-O. There are a few different ones out, out there, but uh, the thing I like about Camo is that it just kind of works. You can either plug it in or do it wirelessly. Ideally, I would plug it in because you're going to get less latency. It's going to work a little bit better. Um, but the Camo camera, uh, the Camo, Camo app, sorry, is really, really good. Now, if you want to upgrade to something more than that, if you've got a little bit more money, then we're looking at mirrorless cameras. So the one I'd probably recommend is the Sony um, ZV-10 or ZV-10e, uh, which, uh, and then to go for a slightly better um, uh, lens is the word I was looking for. I couldn't even think, think of what the word lens was. So, uh, but then you'll need to get uh, an interface like a CamLink 4K that will um, plug the allow you to plug the outputs of that camera into your computer. Yes, you can do it via USB, but if you want to get the highest quality, you'll need that. So, all in all, that that camera plus all of that kind of stuff is is going to and the lens is going to cost like a thousand. So that is a big big leap. This is why I think spending the money on the on the computer, on the microphone, on the sound quality before you go into upgrading the camera is what I would go for. And so, and just to be totally honest uh, with me, um, I'm, 
I'm using the Canon M50 camera with with uh, a special lens, and it's great. But I'm having a few problems with it, and so at some point I want to upgrade. But it's just not mega priority for me at the moment because it's it's going to cost me like an extra thousand pounds, which okay is is great. It's going to be a, a, an awesome camera. But there are other things that I want to do in my business before I spend that kind of money on that. So the Grammar Detective is saying, yes, I use the M1, that's the Boya BYM1, and plug it into my camera, excuse me, into my camera, which then flows through my capture card. That's a really cool idea. So I personally uh, separate out the, uh, so my my sound, my microphone and my Rodecaster Pro uh, goes into my computer. And then my camera goes into my computer. But that's the other thing. That, the, the downside with that is that there's going to be a little bit of a delay because the video is going to be delayed slightly over the sound because it takes a little bit of time to encode that. So you have to sometimes put a little bit of delay on the sound, which is something that Ecamm does. It's built in. Uh, but with your solution... Uh, you're plugging the sound, you're plugging the microphone directly into the camera, and then that is being transmitted over HDMI into your computer. Now, the, that that is a really elegant solution, and it's great. The downside with that, um, and the reason why I, I'm not off, uh, doing that, is that it bypasses my Rodecaster Pro. And my Rodecaster Pro has all of those, uh, that, that, that processing, that audio processing, which makes a big difference uh, to my sound, I think I won't do it now because I'll probably do something wrong. But <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna show you the or let you listen to the difference between uh, audio processing on and off. But I think part of the issue is that I've just been setting up somebody's Rodecaster Pro, the the first one, and I've got the Rodecaster Pro two, and I'm like all confused. <laughs> but um, what what the Rodecaster Pro does is it has. Um, it has a noise gate, so when I'm not speaking, it will be completely silent, like that. So the, the room I'm in at the moment, there's not much noise going on. But if I was in a slightly no noisier environment and there's a bit of echo, then the noise gate is great. It's got a compressor, so it uh, means that my quiets and my louds are kind of a little bit closer together, so it's easier to to listen to. It's got a deesser, so it gets rid of those kind of sounds uh what else has it got it's got a like um it's called an oral exciter so it kind of brightens up the voice it puts a little bit more resonance into it so yeah it's uh you don't have to get like a roadcaster pro for this i used to have a little box called the dbx 286s but it's not really for beginners i i have to say i got uh really confused over it and to get it all set up properly whereas the roadcaster pro just does it amazingly so um that's that's what i'd recommend um thank you grammar detective uh, you said that's interesting and you also i've learned so much from your live streams over the past couple of years thank you so much that's what i'm here for i mean i really want to help um with you know help people learn in their processes and their that's help them in their setup so if i can help you that's awesome so i think we talked about cameras uh the, the different options you know you can go for the the, the cheaper lower end webcams uh, the slightly more expensive ones, like the Face uh, Cam one from Elgato. There's also the Logitech Brio. I didn't have particularly good um, experience with that one, but so that's the mid range. And then the higher end ones are the mirrorless camera ones, uh, which you can uh, then plug into your computer via a capture card, like the Elgato uh, 
Camlink. Now, of course, there are other types of microphones. There, there are things like the, um, I mean, there are uh, PTZ or PTZ uh, cameras, which will allow you to point, tilt and, and zoom. Um, and, and there are some higher end ones that uh, we could talk about. But uh, I think for most people, the cameras that I've talked about are what I'd recommend. Then we're on to lighting. Um, and lighting, you know, I think if you're going to go for a good camera, then you do really need to invest in some lighting as well, decent lighting. And <laughs> this is a whole, there's so much to talk about here. I think when you're first starting off, there was, so there are loads of really good options here. Now, the cheapest option is to basically uh, face a window. And if you're doing this during the day and it's a relative, it's, if it's not damp and gloomy like where I live at the moment, then you, you will get some light in front of you and that will light you up. The, the downside with that is it will change over time as the sun, uh, you know, as, as the earth uh, spins, you're going to get a different uh, lighting conditions. It's, and of course, at night, it's no good at all. So that's why I would recommend investing in some lights. You could get some soft boxes. They are relatively cheap, but they're big, bulky, and they um, are they, they they get really hot. So what I tend to recommend for a lot of people are LED lights. Get two lights in front of you, one that's lighting up your face and one slightly to the side that's lighting up slightly to the side. Um, you can go into three-point lighting and all that kind of stuff if you want. There's, I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail now. The ones that I upgraded to, and it did cost a little bit more money, are the, uh, the Elgato key lights. Now, I've heard some people say that the key lights are a little bit too harsh. They're they're designed for gamers. Those are those are very true things. They can be harsh, um, but the thing I like about the Elgato key lights is so I've got two in front of me, and I'm not saying my lighting's perfect, but the cool thing is that I can go to my Stream Deck, and I'm talking about Stream Decks in a bit. Um, and actually, it's not gonna it's not working at the moment because I haven't. I think I'm on a different. Yeah, I'm connected to the wrong Wi-Fi network. So unfortunately, I can't like uh, tweak it from uh, my Stream Deck. But actually, I can do it from here, can't I? Up here. Can I? Or maybe not. No, I can't even do it from there because I'm on the wrong wireless network. Never mind. Anyway, uh, I can easily adjust uh, the, the brightness and also the warmth of the lights directly from in front of me. I don't have to kind of go round adjust it and then come back and see what that looks like and those were the that was the led solution that i had beforehand which was a real pain and so for me just spending that extra money to give me that flexibility uh was definitely money well spent mark or is in the house great to see you mark saying sorry late to the party today you don't need to be sorry it's just awesome that you're here uh mark is like he is such an expert when it comes to studios and cameras and sound and all this kind of stuff. So I'd love to hear from you, Mark, what, uh, what's in your studio? What would you recommend for people who are creating their studio from scratch or upgrading their current setup? And the Grammar Detective says, I began streaming two years ago and tomorrow will stream my 89th show. I couldn't have done it without your insights. Wow, that is amazing. Congratulations. You're getting up towards the 100 uh, and 89 shows. That's a huge amount, um, in, particularly in two years. You know, that's you know, that's getting on to, it's not quite every week, but almost uh, over those 
uh, those two years. And that, that takes a lot of effort, particularly as you're learning, as you're going along as well and making, I'm sure you haven't made any mistakes, but you know, most of us make mistakes along the way. Um, so that's great. Congratulations with that. Okay, so we've talked about uh, ca uh, camera lenses, we've talked about lights. The next thing is talking about Stream Decks. Uh, uh, and maybe I should, uh, when I talk about Stream Decks, maybe I should talk about controllers, because Stream, stream Decks aren't the only type of interface to control your system here. There are different ones. There's Loop Decks, and there's all these other things that there are. Um, and I've just realized it would be really useful if I could show you um if i could show you no and i'm not gonna be able to do this am i because the camera i'm on the wrong wire i'm on the wrong wireless network how annoying well okay let's just switch over hopefully i'm not gonna go anywhere let's just do that first of all right i've switched over hopefully ooh, hopefully you didn't lose me i'm still here i'm still here okay i'm on the new on the wireless network, I'm going to go into camo because I've lost my cable as well, so I can't even plug it in. Uh, normally, I'd do this, but it's all it's all going completely pear-shaped. And then let's just open up the camo app on here. So until recently, you had to plug your phone in um, to get this to work, but they've got now a, a wireless option. Wow, it's just love. Oh, it's just just worked. That's amazing. So if I now switch over to my camo, there we go. You can see. That's cool. So these are my stream decks. And so this stream deck over here is for this show. So I can switch between, I've got my, my intro button there, uh, my solo scene. Uh, I don't really tend to do much switching on a solo show like today, but um, sometimes I, I will. Uh, and then over here, I've got things like, for example, if I'm doing a keynote presentation, I can go left and right or a PDF left and right. I can hide the controls on, on my, uh, on Ecamm. Uh, I've got some tickers there. Uh, that button there is not working for some. In fact, both of those buttons aren't working. That show supposed to show me how many live viewers I've, uh, are watching this, and it currently says, says there aren't. Whereas I know there are because I can see on the main ecam window. Um, that's saying okay, the the numbers down there. That's saying I'm using 43, 40 percent of my CPU. And then over here, this is uh, so I can now actually I can alter my lights just by doing this. So if I do that, uh, my lights are going down. So it's really dark now. Um, so I can adjust everything there. So what Stream Decks do is it just gives you a little bit more control over your system. And if you're doing a, let's just click on the, the solo button here. So I go back to there. Uh, the, the advantage with having a Stream Decks is that it allows you to control your system. And if you are doing what I'm doing, I am effectively producing my show, I'm directing my show, and I'm also hosting my show as well. And if I've got an interviewer, then I'm also interviewing my guest as well, if I have a guest on my show. So it's, I think it's really important to have a system in front of you that you can like easily control your system. I've also got down here somewhere, um, let me see if I can show you this. I'm not actually currently using it, and you're going to see my mess but I've also got uh, down there, oh my goodness, what a mess. You can see my, um, I've got my uh, uh, pedal, Elgato pedal as well. So I can also swap between those uh, different scenes on that. Mark Oy saying, I've just bought a Sony mirrorless camera. 
Uh, tell me which one I'm interested, but haven't got it set up correctly. So still using my big Sony production camera. Ooh, very nice. So uh, are you going to be plugging it in via like a a capture card, like a Elgato 4K cam link uh, or similar? Um, let me know. Um, and the grammar detective says tons of mistakes, but steady improvement. And, and you know, actually, it's it's. I used to really fear and hate those mistakes at the start, but um, now I, I actually quite like, well, it depends on the mistake, but I like when things go wrong because it, it enables me to strengthen my process and, and put more finesse into it. So that's something to think about as well. Um, Mark says, I use an uh, Akai MIDI controller connected to my streaming software as well as a stream deck. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, so, so why, I suppose is my question. <laughs> I did look into this because there are some, because the Elgato, like the pedal is a bit expensive. It's like 70 pounds, $70. Um, and you can buy these like MIDI foot pedals, which you can kind of configure and hack to do this. I don't know if this is what you're talking about. And I did think about that, but the thing is the, the Elgato software is so amazing. So cool. Um, Ah, oh, Mark's got the, he's got this Sony A6300. So yeah, there's a couple of different options there. Is that got the capability of 4K? Um, you know, I, I'm not streaming in 4K, but to have the ability to record in 4K and also to be able to zoom in without losing the resolution, I think is, is a cool thing. But um, yeah. Okay, so we talked about stream decks. Uh, the next thing are, you know, we've I I've got so many different things plugged into my computer. I've got three stream decks, which is total overkill. Most people will only need one stream deck. I do a lot of live production work, so yeah, having three stream decks is important to me. Uh, but you know, I've got those. I've got an, I've got a, an external hard drive. I've got a, a Rodecaster Pro, which has two USBs. I've got the Elgato, um, whatever you call it, um, down there. I want to be able to plug my phone in. I've got a PowerPoint clicker thing, whatever you call it. Uh, what else have I got? There's there's quite a few things. So you'll need some kind of hub, uh, a powered USB hub uh, or Thunderbolt hub that will be able to deal with all of those different things. And that is a bit more of a tricky one to recommend uh, a, a decent system for you because it will depend on your system. So I'm not going to recommend one. I know a lot of people talk about the CalDigit TS3 and the TS4s. They're expensive. But just think about that because depending on how much you plug in, you may need to invest in that later on as well. Um, uh, Gravity Texas needs to go. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. You can always watch the rest of the replay if you want, but I really appreciate your comments. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mark all says that it is a 4K camera. So the A6300 is a cam is a 4K camera, but I don't have a 4K capture card at the moment. That makes sense. But you see, this is it's good in a way because you've invested in, in, in the 4K camera. So you, you started off with that and then at a later point, if you do want to uh, bring in 4K into your computer, you just go out and get a 4K capture card. You know, it's you don't have to get everything straight away. I think there is this temptation, isn't isn't there, uh, of feeling the need to get everything straight away. And I wasn't actually going to talk about this, but it, it just it just strikes me now because uh, I think this is really important. A lot of us struggle with comparison. We're comparing ourselves with other people. Now, there's nothing wrong 
In fact, it's a good thing to be inspired by others. So I, I hope, my hope is that with these shows, you can watch these shows and you can be inspired to set up your own studio and, and do it your own way. But you don't need to have everything that somebody else has. You know, you don't have to have three stream decks, for example. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely saying most people do not need that. You don't need to go for like the mega camera or anything like that. Um, so don't don't feel that, you know, you need to work out what is the best solution for you. And I'm hoping in today's episode that I'm enabling you to work that out. Don't just copy what I've got, um, well, apart from the microphone, because I love this microphone. But no, seriously, don't, don't do that. Um, so uh, StreamDex Hubs. The next thing, which is, this is a really boring one. Um, and... Uh, but but this is backing up your system, having a good backup system. Now, my backup system is not great, but I do have this external drive and I'm backing it up onto the cloud using Dropbox and a few other different tools. My goal, my aim, my dream, if I'm that sad, is to get a NAS. So that's a network attached storage drive, um, something that's got about probably maybe six or eight drives. And so if one drive goes it's not going to be the end of the world because it's all backed up. So, and then to do, because I've got a, a Mac, I'll do a time machine to that and I'll back up all my files onto there. You know, backup is one of those things that we never think about until it's too late. And so my system is okay. You know, if if my hard drive was to go, then at least I've got it on Dropbox. I'd have to download everything down. Uh, but yeah, make sure that you have that. Um, so, and then, then that brings me on to... Uh, your background and whether you need a green screen or not. I do have a green screen back there. Um, I'm not going to put it up because I, I, I'll have to move everything out of the way. But it's a relatively easy job just to drag it up. And if I'm doing green screen, green screen work, then I can do that. In all honesty, I rarely use my green screen. I rarely use that. I do it sometimes for some Instagram reels, um, for sometimes, but I don't often do that. And I would say only go for a green screen if you've got decent lighting and a decent camera. Um, but your background. And so my background, I've got this nice little wall behind me. I've got a green tree. Um, I've got this little logo on the top right of my screen. Um, in all honesty, I'm not overly happy with my background. It's it's fine, It's but it's not as exciting as some other live streamers that I know. Um, you know, there, there's me being honest about comparing myself to others. But I've kind of got over that and I've focused on the content and focused on all these things. Your background doesn't matter as much as some of the other things. It doesn't matter as much as your content and putting your personality forwards and just turning up. You know, hopefully people are not put off by watching the show, um, from watching the show by my background. And my background is, is, is okay. It's fine. It's not, not a, it's not bad. I mean, let me know uh, if you're watching live or the replay, what you think, but I do want to brighten it up, put a few more colors, put a bit more personality into this. The fact of the matter is, though, we all have our strengths um, and our weaknesses. And I'm just not the kind of person that is very good at, like, working out what my background is. And so that's actually somewhere where I'd recommend getting a consultant and getting someone to help you with those things. So I'm great with the gear. In fact, it's a service that I offer. I actually go around to people's um, offices and studios and homes and set up their studio for them. But when it comes to background, that's uh, where I need to bring in some extra help from other people. So 
just something to to think about. Um, and my, uh, Michael's here. Michael Kinney is watching on YouTube. Great to see you. Thank you so much. He says, I like the natural look of your background. Uh, thank you. And and it is. It's, it is. It is quite a natural background. Um, it's not overly busy. Uh, I think my only my only kind of slight um thing about my background is that there's not so much contrast between my face and the background uh, and i'd like a little bit more flexibility but yeah honestly it it doesn't matter and i'm going to you know it's something i'm thinking about in the new year going to uh, particularly as we get up to episode 200 and i might have a little bit of a new look but nothing nothing radical uh, Mark Orr also says just that I did a test 4K stream the other day, but it looks like my desktop computer will need upgrading as it kept killing the CPU. My laptop is a newer CPU, so should manage. Uh, so need to test that next. And the thing is, Mark, I don't know what you think about this. I wouldn't recommend streaming in 4K. Um, because the thing with streaming in 4K is you need a mega like processor to be able to deal with that because it's four times the stream you know, the number of pixels. Uh, so, so there's that. But also your internet has to be like a beast as well. Uh, but what I would say is being able to record uh, the video and being able to zoom in, uh, those are really good things. Those, those are the things that I'm interested in. So for my streams, I'm going to continue to stream in HD, which is fine. But to be able to have the raw camera footage in 4K for afterwards for repurposing, I think that would be good. And being able to upload to YouTube in, in 4K, I'm not against that because that that means it's kind of you're thinking about the future. But live streams in 4K, I think for most of us, we can wait on that one uh, as well. Um, Marco says your background could do with a bit of colored light, uh, maybe. And it's interesting you say, Mark, because I, I, I agree with you. I, um, <laughs> I do actually have some Philips Hue lights. I've got two Philips Hue bulbs, uh, but they seem to have d disappeared into other parts of the house because... Uh, like some parts of our house are really dark and so we've had to kind of put them down there. But I need to grab them back and have a little bit of coloured light because I used to do that. They used to cycle through different colours. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I will do that. But interestingly, Michael on YouTube, so Mark's on Facebook, Michael's on YouTube, says so many live streamers have overdone coloured LED lights. And yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. I, 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 think, I think maybe the answer is somewhere in between. Uh, so what Mark's saying, I mean, Mark says, to be fair to Mark, he says, with a bit of coloured light, maybe. So he's not like, he's not like fully embracing the full coloured LED light thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, I think what it, I think the lesson here is don't just copy what everyone else does. Be inspired, but don't be afraid for, for kind of making your own setup and putting your own personality into it as well. So, uh, there's probably a little bit more. We could, I, I'm going to get somebody onto the show to talk about backgrounds because it's not really my area, but it is something that you want to think about as well. You certainly don't want it to be cluttered and you don't want to have like a white wall because that's boring and, and you just do need to think about that a, a little bit as well. Uh, <laughs> Mark says, oops, my current background is all RGB LEDs. <laughs> sorry. Don't be sorry at all. You know, the thing about, the thing about that is you can... Um, if you've got a, like quite a boring background, then lights can really do it. And it's, I I, th I think we, we're we in danger of like overthinking this. Like, so I don't actually think it matters. And if it reflects your personality and if it's easy to do, then go for it. And just, you know, uh, I know Michael says he, he 
doesn't, you know, he thinks that a lot of live streams are overdoing it. That doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't do that either. You know, there's there's no right or wrong here. So, so Mark, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Okay, next thing. It's two more things, uh, which are, again, probably a little bit boring, but is I think if, and this is not always possible, but try and make your studio space a dedicated space for that, or at least for your work. Um, and so I, I work from home. This is actually quite a small room, this. But this is my, I don't really call this my office. It's my studio. Um, so I've got all my lights set up. I've got everything here. So if somebody wants to have book a Zoom call with me, they're usually very, very impressed because I'm, I'm here with all my professional equipment. And it's like that because I don't want to have to set things up. If I have to put my lights up and plug in my microphone and switch my camera on and all that kind of stuff, I'm probably not going to do it. I, I just like there's enough things, barriers in my way to going live. Maybe not so much these days because these days I just love doing it, but they used to be. And you want to remove all those barriers. So it, everything needs to just be set up and you switch it on and you're good to go. The dedicated space thing is important because what we want to try and reduce is clutter, which is so hilarious because my desk currently is very cluttered. And, and you've already seen uh, if you're watching and you can, if you're listening to the podcast, you can go back and watch later some of my clutter on the floor. But you want to reduce that because I just think having a nice dedicated space for that, and it doesn't have to be big. Uh, and having a storage area for some of your gear as well. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the new year, because it's something that I'm going to be working on, decluttering and looking at storage spaces and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, that's all about that. Um, probably when we get uh, towards episode 200, we have to say. Um, Michael says, need to ask, what is your BG saying? What uh, does, uh, so does it fit the look and feel of your brand and content? And yeah, I think that's that's really important. Thinking about your personal brand, um, what, you know, what what are your brand, what are your brand guidelines? Do you have one uh and so that is something to to think about like what what what's what's the messaging you want to put forward as well and mark says i do get a lot of positive comments on it though and i think yeah there's something cool about those uh those lights so uh michael says dedicated space is huge reduces the friction to creating thank you for that michael you've you've said it much more succinctly to, than i did uh because content creation is hard work. It really is. Um, you know, I I have so much resistance to this. And I've talked about this, you know, I was I diagnosed with ADHD last year. And I but even if you if you know, it doesn't matter whether you have ADHD or whatever, you know, I think most of us have this kind of barrier, this this there's this kind of um struggle that we have with creating valuable content, whether it's a blog post or whether it's a video, live video, whatever it is, it's it's a big barrier. So just re reducing that friction so that you can be creative and have some fun. You know, this is one thing that I want to try and do in my office is uh, my studio, I should say, is just to, you know, make it a little bit more fun. I've got these little fake plants here, um, which kind of bring me joy, even though they're not real. Um, I've got a little... Uh, fidget toy, a little snake thing here, which, uh, you know, if I'm getting frustrated, things like that, um, just to have a little bit of fun. Um, I try and have the window open when I'm not streaming as well. Although today, well, it's, it's all dark outside, so um, that's not much fun. 
Uh, anyway, there we go. And Mark says, underneath my desk drives my wife mad. It's a proper spaghetti junction. Yes. Um, so is mine. But uh, maybe it's something that we can do in the new year. We can declutter and move forward. But it's not necessarily the, the most important thing uh, in the world. So there we go. That is it, I think, for this week. Just to go through that uh, briefly again, uh, you want to think about your your what your studio is for, what is your purpose for it. Your computer is obviously the most important part of that. Uh, I would then upgrade your audio, uh, possibly a mixer or soundboard. Uh, we talked about the pros and cons of that. Camera and lens, lights, whether you need a controller like a Stream Deck, hubs, um, backing up your 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 data, a green screen, totally optional. I'm not necessarily convinced by that one. Uh, sorting out your background and uh, talking about your personality and stuff like that. Where whether or not to use RGB lights, uh, <laughs> dedicated space if possible, and the storage area as well. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for watching. It's been really good fun, uh, Michael and Mark. Thank you. It's always good fun. Uh, we have some great thoughts, questions, and comments and stuff. And of course, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, do get involved. Uh, either go to YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Just search for my name, Ian Anderson Gray, and you can get involved with the live streams, which are usually twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you haven't come across the podcast, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash podcast. You can follow or subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. But that is it for this week. Thank you so much. And until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, see the loo. loo.